Magic is what happens when you find balance between method and madness, science and art. Welcome to the Magic Maker Podcast, the place where entrepreneurs who want to find magic can access aha moments and simple steps to big dreams. I'm your host, Jay Nicole Smith, but you can call me Nick. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome back, Magic Makers. Welcome to the Magic Maker Podcast. It's so nice to see you here. Oh man, last week's episode was awesome. I'm still buzzing from it, and I hope that you loved it as much as I did. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to go listen. Um, Episode 45, Raw, Real, and Uncensored with Denise Duffield-Thomas. Such a good one. Such a good one. And today, I want to riff a little bit on one of the things that came up in our conversation last week, a very, very important truth and a very, very important tool to help you navigate the wild, crazy waters of entrepreneurship. And this, uh, the what I want to share with you comes from my own personal journey and sort of my own personal skill set, but also what I see as a huge need with most of the entrepreneurs that I work with. And also, you know, something that has become a really interesting insight from my personal relationships as well, as we all have different levels of sort of understanding this truth and really being able to use this tool that I'm sharing with you today. So I don't want to waste any more time before we get straight into the episode. This is a super great one. We're back to some of our little shorter episodes here as we dive into these topics. And I make a book recommendation for you today. And if you have not read the book or books that I suggest um, and that I talk about, I highly, highly recommend you just chuck it in the Amazon checkout and you just get it for next day delivery (laughs) Um, because it's a life-changing book. And um, I think it'll really help you sort of start to embody and understand the topics that we're talking about today. It's really, really great tool. But for now, let's make some magic, shall we? Every time I hear the word chill, I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. Because I remember my older brother who I absolutely idolized because he was like 11 years older than me and my stepbrother and he was just cooler than cool. When I was eight, he was 19 and everything from his wavy blonde curls that hung in his face to his gross, dirty Adidas soccer shoes by the door was the definition of cool. And when I hear the word chill, I remember him saying it all the time, often to tease me along with offering me something and taking it away. And psych and chill and chill out were his favorite phrases. So yes, this is supremely late 80s, early 90s, (laughs) but that nostalgia holds really strong for me and adds a particularly special glow to the idea of chill. But these days, as a proper grown-up, I am a parent now, after all. (laughs) Chilla has taken on a much more gently sophisticated vibe. And now, chill is about a pervasive sense of well-being. This feeling within that all is well. My friend Amanda has a brand called Wellpreneur, and her tagline is do well and be well. 
And now when I hear that, I think of the be well bit as my version of chill. But the reason I like the word chill over a word like well-being is that necessarily lacks a suggestion of perfection. I feel like the word wellness has been commandeered by health coaches and unfortunately now is associated with a perfect yoga body, a clean diet free from all of my favorite foods, (laughs) and some sort of daily checklist or a right way to be in like a judgy way. And as someone who is on a journey of trying to heal and let go of perfectionism and judgment around the right way, along with a need to please and perform, chill sounds like a delicious call to action. While chill is a really relaxed word, it's actually a very proactive strategy. Chill is not about laziness, it's about getting in alignment. And for me, the purpose of achieving alignment is to both find and maintain inner peace, but also achieve the things I'd like to achieve with less force and with more ease. Unfortunately, as great as this sounds, as we all know, there are so many things that can throw us off balance. And most of those things we feel we have no control over. So instead of a constant state of inner peace and ease, we constantly feel we are at the mercy of stress, anxiety, disappointment, frustration, and other inner peace thieves. And so often we feel helpless. Like as soon as we find our Zen, someone steals it from us, right? (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? Well, what I want to share with you today is one of the most powerful truths and tools I've ever learned from years of inner work personally, as well as one-to-one work with hundreds of other entrepreneurs. But first, the powerful, simple truth. Here it is. (laughs) You ready? No one can make you feel anything. We add meaning to the words, actions, and existence of other people we choose. Sure, it's not always conscious. A lot of this happens with our, like, conscious awareness going unknowing, but we do choose how to interpret everything that happens in our lives. When I really started to understand this, not only was my mind like blown, but my entire world started to shift. This awareness, this truth helped me develop the simple but powerful tool that I'd like to talk about today, which came up in my discussion last week with Denise, and that is this idea of resilience. Resilience is one of those skills I've really taken for granted because I didn't realize it was not very common. As a mentor, a business owner, a partner, and in all manner of interpersonal and business relationships, I have discovered that most of us truly feel at the mercy of the words, actions, and perceived judgments of others. Now, (laughs) don't get me wrong, I am often totally impacted by all of those things as well. I'm not at all suggesting that I'm impervious or some like enlightened being. But what I have discovered is I do have a remarkable sense of resilience in the face of stress and setbacks. Through some very difficult personal and business situations really early on in my career and my life, I have developed a remarkable ability to choose very quickly how I want to respond to feelings of discomfort. So early on, my survival mechanism was to go numb, which is not healthy, and that's not what I'm suggesting here. But as I matured, I developed more emotional intelligence and learned healthier coping techniques, and I was able to feel all the feelings, but also find that silver lining very, very quickly. 
Now, to be clear, this episode is not meant to be (laughs) like, look at me, look at me, I'm so resilient type of thing. The reason I'm sharing all of this is because I feel like we have an opportunity to discuss the idea of resilience as a concept and the important role it plays in our ability to choose how we respond to the ups and downs in our world. Because this gives us two things I know we all want more of. First, feeling more free. And second, feeling more in control even in the face of things that seemingly happen to us. So how do we actually do this, (laughs) right? It's great to acknowledge its use, but how do we begin? I'll be honest with you, this one requires some work. Definitely working with a spiritual guide, an energy worker, a therapist, they're all great places to start to develop more self-awareness and skills to identify and choose your feelings more quickly. But for now, as I am not any one of those things, I would like to offer a simple idea that may help you get started. This idea comes from the book The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. This is one of the first somewhat mystical books I read well over 15 years ago. And in The Four Agreements, Ruiz draws on wisdom from the ancient Toltec civilization, a people who lived in central Mexico over a thousand years ago or something like that. But he presents four basic sort of laws for being in a way that will give you personal freedom from limiting beliefs. The four agreements are, one, be impeccable with your word, two, don't take anything personally, three, don't make assumptions, and four, always do your best. Now, it's agreements two and three to me that perfectly describe my favorite recipe for resilience and maintaining inner peace. Don't take anything personally and don't make assumptions. My way of being is to do those things, to not take anything personally, and to always assume the best about people and their intentions. I always get more information before jumping to a negative conclusion. But the agreement that has always stood out to me and given me the most profound level of personal freedom is this idea of not taking anything personally. The quote that stands out to me is where Ruiz states in the book, and I'm paraphrasing, is even at the point where someone has a gun to your head, it's not about you. It's about them. And this has been such an empowering truth. It has really bolstered my ability to make choices about my reactions instead of just getting sucked into my own stories. We are all so sucked into our own needs, our insecurities, and our fears that it's so easy to see and to just know that what other people say and do is all about them. It's not about us. So as we look at this idea of chill, I think this is a vital way of being, a very practical way to access and practice resilience is to try to make your first thought, wow, what must be going on with this person for them to act this way or say these things or be so mean or judgy or whatever, to approach the inner peace thieves with curiosity and a bit of empathy instead of immediately applying your own stories and fears to their words and action. Now, along the lines of curiosity, I'd like to add that interestingly, Ruiz has recently written another book adding a fifth agreement. So for you super skeptics among us, or the very self-protective, anyone thinking something like, why would I want to just wander through life like this? (laughs) It doesn't feel safe to be so positive and trusting. You'll like the nuance the fifth agreement adds. And the fifth agreement is be skeptical, but learn to listen. 
Now, for me, the word skepticism has an air of criticism and judginess about it that I don't really like. So for my purposes, I change this idea to be curious and learn to listen. But you can choose what fits best for you. If there's one thing that I have learned through my personal trials and tribulations, having been mega burned in the past, I am no way suggesting that I've just been waltzing through life, (laughs) is that we get to choose how we approach life. And I don't want a default of super naivety, but I also don't want a default of being really mistrusting or skeptical. I like to believe in things that serve me. And hey, whatever works, right? So you choose what works for you. But for me, the idea of being curious is a nice middle ground between being naive and being skeptical. It's where we can remain open to new opinions while also not being totally gullible or easily misled. But I think we can all agree that the learn to listen piece is one piece of advice that would serve us all really well right now, especially in our divisive, like us versus them political climate. This is definitely a constant struggle for all of us, I think. And for me personally, when my worldview is challenged, I go straight to the fight to defend what feels right to me. So the idea of choosing curiosity instead gives me another tool to be more chill. It gives me a moment to like take a beat and listen and be curious instead of just fighting for my position, even in the face of potential conflict. Okay, magic makers, I hope you found this episode useful. I'd love to hear from you over in our free Facebook group. And I'd love to know, have you read the four agreements or the fifth agreement? Um, Do you struggle with resilience? And does it keep you from putting yourself out there? You can check out that free Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash magic makers HQ. And I definitely want you to join us next week because I'm going to share with you a really smart and easy system to counteract the inner peace thieves. This approach will help you identify your own feelings and approach your own stories with curiosity instead of judgment, and then choose how to act instead of just reacting. You're going to love it. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out. And of course, as always, if you enjoyed this time we've shared today, please do me a favor and take a screenshot, um, share it in your Instagram stories, tag me at Jane Nicole Smith, or leave us a review over on iTunes so that we can help more magic makers find these truths and tools. And so that together we can spread our magic maker manifesto to do good, be real, find happy and build brands that matter. I'll see you next time. 